Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you're a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all of your friends and family. And if you'd like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find us on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. Hello and welcome back to Let's Aspire Being You. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo, and tonight we're going to be just back in the book of 1 Timothy with 1 Timothy chapter 6, talking about the only potentate, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I cannot wait to talk about it tonight. So join me now for this previously recorded podcast. And thank you again for listening and uh, tuning in to Let This Mind Be in You. And hello and welcome back to Let This Mind Be in You. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you on another Thursday night, and I'm super excited to be uh, talking about First um, Timothy. We're getting back into First Timothy as we were last week with uh, Brother Aaron Clark, and uh, it was good to have my brother here with us in studio, and we got to spend uh, uh, about a week or so together, and that was a great time in the Lord for sure. And so thank you for joining me on another Thursday night. I want to make sure that I have my my recorder going, and then I'm going to show you. I'm going to go with a couple different angles. I have a uh, a couple little webcams that I've started setting up in the studio. So one second. Now you can see that. And so when I go to check my computer, you can kind of see me craning my neck over here. But the good, the audio is started. Uh, for those that watch on Facebook or YouTube, you'll be able to see this. But uh, those listening... On the podcast version, thank you for joining me on the podcast version. It's always good to to have people um, that are able to stream or download these at, at a later time, and that way they can travel on the road and listen, and I always appreciate that. Hello, Brother Larson over there on YouTube. I see you over there, brother. And uh, so both my YouTube and Facebook seem to be running well this time. I did a little bit different on Facebook because it was pr- it acted up on me last time, but now... Looks like we're going, and we have YouTube, Facebook is up, and my recorder is actually recording, so that is fantastic. Thank you again for joining me. Um, hey, just by way of a quick announcement, so next week, uh, let's see, that's April 8th. Yeah, today is the first. Uh, April 8th, uh, we'll be joined live in studio by uh, Dr. Uh, by, <laughs> I guess you would call him Dr., but uh, it's one of his... Uh, earned degrees, but uh, it's brother to me. Brother Butch Lockard is going to be here from Beams Ministries. Uh, Beams prints Bibles and sends them all throughout the world in different languages. Um, King James Bibles throughout the world and also uh, King James equivalents uh, to using the Texas Receptus and using those in different languages. And they they distribute those Bibles free, uh, free, and take care of all the shipping around the world and everything like that. And he can explain it much better than what I'm doing right now. But join me next Thursday night at 8, 8 p.m. Central Time. 8 p.m. Central Time, we'll have uh, Brother uh, Butch Lockhart here with us. He's uh, the director there at Beams. I uh, hope you can hear me. I don't. seems like I'm a little bit softer today than I was last time. I had a person in studio, and so I had, you know, I got a little bit excited. So I'd, <laughs> I'd have to turn myself up this time. But 
Anyway, so reminder about that about next Thursday night with uh, Brother Lockhart there. Okay, so and tell all your friends. You know, if you if you fa- you know if you're on here and you um, you know you have some friends that haven't heard about uh, let this mind be in you, uh, please please uh, share this uh, page whatever or whatever you're listening on, or share this ministry with as many people as you know. And uh, I hope to see you next Thursday along with uh, many many other people. Uh, along with me here with Brother Lockhart. It doesn't seem like anybody's watching on Facebook tonight, though, so I don't know if going live for a few minutes kind of confused some people. So, anyways, it's all good. It's all good. So, we're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 6, so open up your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we're going to get started right away. We're going to be talking about the one and only potentate, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords tonight, and I can't wait to get started. But first uh, first and foremost, Paul, again, is um, admonishing Timothy about the the local gathering, assembly uh, of believers there, and, you know, how what what they should be about, about the Word of God, you know, preaching the Word, uh, give uh, time to reading scriptures and different things like that. But as he's coming through here, it gives some very practical thing here at the end. Um, I guess you would say practical, but it has a uh, spiritual meaning and something that admonishes me even to this day. So let's look, look in uh, chapter 6, starting in verse 1. It says, Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. Simply saying, really, I mean, be a good ambassador. Even, you know, as we work out in the world, we are not of the world, so we're going to be looked at on as strange anyways. But we shouldn't be looked on as being lazy or anything that would bring dishonor or blasphemy, as it says here, to the Word of God. And not just in word, okay? So again, obviously our, our, our speech should be different. Our, our conversation as far as what we say should be different, but also our conversation of our life leading out should be as uh, different as well as the example, as he, uh, as it says, you know, Christ in you, the hope of glory, show them who is in you, in other words. And if you say one thing and then do another, it's not going to be, you're going to be looked upon as well. He's not truly loves God or, or so forth and so on. Um, so you really need to really, really, really got to pay attention to your 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 countenance, your your testimony while you're in the secular world. Because remember, we're not of this world; we are of another country. We're just ambassadors here for a short time. And that and they, verse number two, that have believing masters. Now this is a really good situation. Let them not despise them. Therefore, don't take advantage and you know or at the same time, not just taking advantage of your believing brother as you're working for him, but at the same time, when it says let them not despise them, you should be very thankful for that rare instance where you have a believer, as it says here, a believing master, let them not despise them. Now, again, when he uses the term master, you know, this is not a slave-master relationship, okay? This is this is not in, in at least least amount a slave master relationship it is more of a 
employer-employee relationship, okay? That's what it is. This is not you're, you're my slave no matter what, you know, because it says here, and they that have believing masters. Now, of course, there was slavery that happened during this time. There was indentured servitude and so forth and so on. But there was a lot of people that won their freedom and chose to work for people, okay? Because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit, these things teach and exhort. See, these things that we should be teaching and exhorting each other within the body, uh, the local body of believers there. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strife of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railing, evil surmising, perverse disputing of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself. Now you can see right here this spirit of people having their own mind when they came together. Um, people teaching other things in their own mind, uh, teaching their wants um, trying to have the preeminence, the diatrophies type situation, things such as that. Within a local body of believers, we are to be esteeming each other more highly than ourselves. You know, again, I, I turn to this all the time because I obviously let this mind be in you is using Philippians 2.5. But it says in verse number three, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So you see right away what Paul is talking about in both Philippians, the letter to the Philippians, and also his letter to Timothy here. And also, when it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain, there seemed to be already people that were turning to the temporal. That's what they wanted to be about not just trying to just make a living, but instead pursuing after the world. Because it says here, for we brought nothing into this world and is certain we carry nothing out. See the, see the priorities? There's nothing wrong if somebody, and I'll say this, biblically speaking, there's nothing wrong with somebody having a lot of money, okay? As we're going to read down through here, there's, there's people that try to... Um, pervert, I guess you would say, or, or use verse number 10, as we're about to come up to, out of context. There's nothing wrong with somebody that is successful. That doesn't make them necessarily a reprobate or somebody that's pursuing after that, but it's the thought, it's the love, it's the going after the things of the world is not the perspective, it's not the point of view that we should have as a body, of, as a child of God. As a, as a member of the body of Christ, as a member of this local body, if you're trying to pursue after the world, we're trying to, the, those within that body should be exhorting them and teaching them to say, hey, that's not what we should be about. It's fine if somebody makes a lot of money, but if going after those things is the problem. And as we say, see here, for we brought nothing into this world and is certain we carry nothing out. That is true. Only what's done for Christ will last. Verse number eight, and having food and raiment, let us therefore, or excuse me, let us be therewith content. It's pretty straightforward. If you have food and raiment, be content. Um, 
Is there anything else, Brother Mike? Well, as men, as we read in the previous chapter with, uh, excuse me, with Brother Aaron last week, we read in that other chapter, taking care of your family as men. You're worse than an infidel if you're not doing that. Food and raiment. And I would say the raiment is not necessarily just the clothing that they wear, but also raiment would be considered a covering out of the rain. You know, somebody may disagree. It's like, no, no, it's just food and raiment. But I believe that raiment has to do with, you know, your sustenance and, and protection and the covering over you, um, a house, so to speak, or somewhere for them to dwell. But we're not to be pursuing after those things as far as of the world with food and raiment. And God already promised he would do these things for us. Let us therewith be, con- or be, excuse me, let us be therewith content. But they, and this is the key phrase here, that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare. They will be rich. It's pursuing after. They, that's all that consumes their mind is I'm going to be rich. I'm going to make that next dollar. I want to go after the things of this world. They're so fixated on this world. They're so going after the things of this world that that is what their mind is on, not having the mind of Christ. Make sense? They will, that will be rich, fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, see that, which drown men in destruction and perdition. There could be saved individuals, could be, that go after that, but you're going to drown out. You're going to quench the Holy Spirit in your life. You're pursuing things of your own mind, not of his mind. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit. Quench not the Holy Spirit. Drown men in destruction and perdition. They drown because they're going after the lusts of the flesh. They're going after the hurtful lust, the foolish things in life, because they're pursuing that next dollar. I want to be rich. And that's why verse 10 in context means what it means. It simply says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. Money is an inanimate object. It's the love of it is the problem. And I've heard so many people misquote this verse. Money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money. The Bible says that, which while some coveted after. So reading this verse, all of these this portion of the letter all the way down through here in context, we can see what the problem is, is having your own mind going after the, the business world, going after those things, pursuing those things instead of having your mind on the things of Christ. Let this mind be in you. They have erred from the faith. That is not the, the faith. They may be saved, but you are in error if you think that your life should be consumed with the things of this world. Is it, is it okay to plan, Brother Mike? Is it okay to, um, you know, to make sure your family is taken care of? Um, you know, you're, you don't leave your family destitute. Don't go into all these, um, you know, I'm going to just live off the government or whatever it is in order. No, that's worse than an infidel. We can plan. We can, we can make sure we are wise stewards, however, we are not to be pursuing after those things. I've heard some people teach that even, well, it's those that go after like the gambling things of life. But I would tell you, that's not the, the gambling and pursuing after a quick buck. That could be people that work really, 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 really hard. They're just pursuing after the world. 
They're not working really, really hard because they have 10 mouths to feed inside their household. They're working really, really, really hard because they want to get ahead, keeping up with the Joneses and so forth. But as it says, erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You know, the more money you have, and if you're, that's what consumes you and you're pursuing after it, you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to have the happiness that you're looking for when you're pursuing after the things of this world, especially if you're in Christ. If you're saved, you're not going to be happy and pursuing. You're going to be erring completely from the faith here and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Boy, is that the truth. The Bible is true. Let God be true and every man a liar. Verse number 11, but thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after, you You know, the Bible's about to say these different things. Follow after him, the mind of Christ. Have the mind of Christ. Flee these things and then follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. God has promised you eternal life. So what is this lay hold on eternal life? It's thinking about the eternal, not the temporal. You see how good the Bible is and how true and how plain, if read for what it says, it says, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things. I think it's interesting that this term now as he gets down to Wrapping up this letter, he says, uh, charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things. Made a quickening spirit. We are quickened by the Holy Spirit. This gets really, really into God right now. The three members of the Godhead. I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. It keeps continuing, which in his times, which in his times, who's his? That's Jesus. It just, you know, it's the antecedent. Let's go back to the antecedent to this pronoun here, to his, speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, which in his times, he shall show who is blessed and only potentate, King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. It keeps going. Who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Now, really quickly here in the book of Revelation, uh, we see in Revelation chapter 17 and verse 14, Revelation 19 and verse 16, we see the king. You know, not only the king, as we'll turn back to Revelation 17 real quick. Revelation chapter 17 and verse 4, And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and having a golden cup in her hand full of abomination and filthiness of her fornication and upon her forehead. I think I wrote down the wrong verse, but this is speaking about the false king. This is the, the, you know, the, the harlot. I think I wrote down the wrong verse. I did. Verse 14, not verse 4. My apologies. Revelation 17 and verse 
14, not verse 4. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And then on to Revelation chapter 19 and verse 16, we see that Jesus Christ, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written King of kings and Lord of lords. So once again, 1 Timothy chapter 6 is speaking about Jesus Christ, no doubt. And of course, Psalms 110 verse 1, you know, he's sit out of my right hand until, excuse me, Psalms 110, verse 1, The Lord had said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstools. And, you know, again, thy footstool being, go to the Millennial Reign series. and you know, <laughs> There's so much more I want to get into, but I, I've made seven videos, so go, go check that out on the Millennial Reign series. But notice in verse 16, we'll hit these up really quick, that no man has seen. I wrote that down, I underlined it, no man has seen John chapter 1 and verse 18, really quick. John chapter 1 in verse 18, we'll notice the same, says, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Now, I, this is a really important verse, because if you turn back to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 16, who hath immortality dwelling in the light the only begotten son which is in the bosom of the father he hath declared him because so, pretty interesting correlation there i would say but it says the bosom of the father he hath declared him jesus christ hath declared a meaning he has shown him you've seen me you've seen the father you've seen god you've seen the spirit you've seen all three if you've seen me these three are one Look at uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16. And you can read that all the way down to verse number 23. Um, we don't have time to really hit up all that, but just read. go back and read Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 23. When you see down through um, God... They changed God into an image made like into corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Man has always tried to, you know, represent God or, or make graven images and all these different kinds of things. Verse number 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. They're without excuse because all the fullness of the Godhead was here bodily. Jesus Christ, he showed himself. God manifest in flesh. Isn't that fascinating? Go over to Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 12. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 12. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Interesting. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? He's manifest. He's clearly seen. He's shown himself. 
And we're going to look at a little bit more of that. You can uh, read other verses of Scripture here um, uh, just really quickly. John chapter 6 and verse number 43, excuse me, through 71. And I'll write this down in the uh, description box later on. I'll go back and edit and show these verses. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 17, and also 1 John 4, 12 through 20. But turn back really quickly. We're going to look at some Old Testament times that people seen God. We saw, they saw God. Let's go back to Exodus, Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter number 24, and we'll start reading in verse number 1 and down through verse 11 really quick. And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, this is God speaking, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. There's a lot of people here. You know, Moses, one, Aaron, two, Nahab, and Abihu, that's four, and 70 of the elders of Israel, that's 74 people. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. Only Moses can go forth there. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said, we, or excuse me, will we do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rode, rose up early in the morning and built an altar unto the hill, under the hill, and twelve pillars, according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel, which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And, took, and he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people, and they, they said, All that the Lord has said, will we do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people. Hmm, notice the blood there. And, see, and said, Behold the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nahab, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. There's the same 74. And they saw the God of Israel. Seventy-four witnesses all saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of the sapphire stone, as it, and as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel he laid not his hand. Also they saw God and did eat and drink. Now, is there a contradiction in the word of God here? Is this a contradiction? No man has seen God at any time. It says right back here in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 16, who no man has seen. I don't understand. They saw God. They saw Jesus Christ. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. The same that every eye shall see. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. They saw Jesus. All the fullness of the Godhead, as we're about to witness now, in Isaiah chapter 6. So turn over there real quick to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. In the Old Testament, this to me is one of, this along with Genesis 1, is one of the clearest representations of these three are one. Some people want to argue, is 1 John 5, 7 supposed to be in the Bible? Yes. Okay, the perfect word of God is sitting in front of me right here. 
to the English speaking people, the King James Bible. But look at first, or excuse me, Isaiah chapter six. And we're going to start in verse number one and go down through verse number eight. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, and twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The same, they say, holy, holy, holy in Revelation. The same seraphims. Interesting. And, excuse me, verse number four. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, this is Isaiah speaking, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Hmm. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Singular. And who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. Who will go for us? Well, that's clearly plural. Of course it is. These three are one. He only saw the king of kings and lord of lords. He saw the king, one standing there. Singular, saw the king. But in verse number eight, us. Who will go for us? It's one of the clearest speaking and teachings, clear as day, that these three are one. In the Old Testament, there it is, Genesis and Isaiah. There's other places, by the way, but this is the two uh, that I wanted to talk about. You know, Exodus, obviously, they saw God of Israel. They saw the God of Israel. So who is that? That's the same God that led them out of Egypt. It's the same God that says, from henceforth, you'll know me as Jehovah. They see him, so who is it? Who is, who is the only one that it will be seen, shown? Jesus Christ. That's why I don't try to explain how all these things happen. I just read the word of God for what it says, that these three are one who will go for us. Interesting. All right, back to 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we'll wrap up um, the book of 1 Timothy. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Now, once again, it's getting back. It says, okay, look, if you're going to work, if you're working out there, which I said you should do, you should work, then it shouldn't be about pursuing after the career trying to go after what the world tells you to go after because that's a full of sorrows. That's the end of that is sorrow as a, as a, as a born again, child of God. If you're going to be in the workplace, be an ambassador within that workplace. Do as I have commanded you to do, be a good witness. If you're working for a saved individual, 
consider yourself blessed and don't take advantage of that. Don't take that for granted and don't abuse your brother in Christ by saying, ah, it's my brother in Christ and I'm just not going to, I'm not going to work all that hard, you know. I'm just going to kick back. You know, he's got my back. No. Counted worthy of your labor. You better work. There's no such thing as this like, oh, we're all going to go in a commune and just live happily ever after and all this kind of stuff. That's not what Paul is telling Timothy here. But then as he goes down through here, he says, now look, you have to do these things. You have to provide for your family. Don't seek and pursue after this world. It is full of sorrow. If you do all these things, it's all taken care of because there's only one king of kings and lord of lords. The one blessed and only potentate, Jesus Christ. And then to charge them, if you do have money, charge those people that are in this world that do have money. Maybe, you know, believing people that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. Now, this goes for the, you know, the Christian. I, I said that wrong. The Christian, he's already addressed. Now he's talking about those that are in the world, you know, the, the rich people, the ones that pursue after the world because they're of this. Don't be lifted up in your pride. I'm good enough. I've, I've worked really hard. I'm a good person. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. We are to point them to Christ this new and living way this the, the the king of kings is coming to catch us up he's coming he's coming in righteous judgment he's coming don't be high minded the proud and the and the haughty and the high high minded people are going to be brought very very low when he pours his wrath out on this world that they be not high minded nor trust in uncertain riches but in the living god who giveth us richly all things to enjoy he giveth all things. He provideth all things. He tells you to work. We need to be out there working, of course, providing for our family, but not consuming your brain, your spirit, your little s spirit, your mind. Have the mind of Christ. Because he giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Now, again, this is not talking about work salvation. This is talking about those that are rich in this world. It may be talking about the, the, the unsaved, sure, but it's talking about those that are maybe have riches in this world, in the body of, of Christ, in these bodies of believers. There will be people that are successful, people that are been gifted, by the way, with one of the gifts, is the gift of giving. They reap what they sow, the sowing and reaping principle of 1 Corinthians. They may have a lot in this world and rich, but don't get high-minded because of that. Just do good with it, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Hey, do you need something, my brother? Oh, you do? Oh, hey, I'm ready to distribute. God is blessed and richly blessed. I'm ready to distribute. Isn't that amazing? laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. In this eternity, only what's done for Christ will last. 
all these other things, the pursuing after the world is wood, hay, stubble. That's just going to burn up. He's going to burn up this entire world with a fervent heat as well. And he's going to make all things new. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and opposition of science falsely so-called. Really just all the nonsense. Have the mind of Christ. (laughs) Be about Jesus Christ. Be about his word alone. That's it. Not this vain babbling, profane, empty, in oppositions of science, uh, falsely so-called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. There's some people that profess even Christ that err concerning the faith because it's not about these other things. I want to be right about this particular subject or this political movement or these different things. It's just foolishness. It's nothing. Don't err. Don't go away from what should be about the Word of God. Should, can, we be, can, can we be in this world and be not of the world? Absolutely. He tells us right here in 1 Timothy 6. He says, not to worry about these things, not to be pursuing after these things. He, uh, food and raiment, be content, because the King of kings and the Lord of lords is coming. It will make all things new. And uh, once again, you know, the Millennial Reign series, that's why I enjoyed that so much, just seeing the, I guess you would call it the end of the book. Uh, reading the last couple of chapters and kind of getting a sneak peek behind what really this should be all about now. Not laying up stores here, but laying up stores in heaven. A good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life, verse number 19. So that's First Timothy chapter 6. I really enjoyed it. It took a long time to go through First Timothy. There was a lot of different delays and uh, moving back off deployment and so forth and so on. But we got through First Timothy. We'll start in Second Timothy, not next week, but the week after, uh, Lord willing. If um, I should be available on that Thursday, but Lord willing, we'll start up Second Timothy on the 15th. Um, because next week on the 8th, like I said, Brother Butch Lockhart from Beams Bibles, uh, the ministry that distributes Bibles and, and uh, material to mi- ministries all around the world, whatever language, and that's free of charge. So I can't wait to have him here. Okay, now let's go over here real quick to see if we have any kind of uh, comments See my dad there saying hello. Hi, Dad. I hope you're still watching. And uh, Sister Debbie there, Christian life involves discipline and struggle, spiritual warfare, difficulty, and challenges. Yet God has given us power to overcome. And if we to be victorious, if we rely on his spirit. Well, amen. That is true. Have the mind of Christ, quench not the spirit. Uh, Brother Larson over here on YouTube says, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans chapter 12 and verse number two. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a fantastic uh, uh, comparison there. Yes, not having our own mind. Renewing, we need to renew our mind. Remember who we are now in Christ Jesus. Remember, we now have the mind of Christ, which is 1 Corinthians chapter two and verse number 16. We have the mind of Christ. How much are you letting this mind be in you? How much are you letting your own mind be in you and control what you do? That's the question. So we started uh, 
Well, I guess we've gone about 40-some minutes or so. If there's any questions, any comments, or anything that uh, you want, would like to talk about or ask about, new cams look good. Yes, I have the, the alternate camera. My, uh, my brother, Brother Aaron Clark, is talking about it. Yes, we have the alternate camera where we're going over here. Let's see, hello, how you doing? And uh, we'll have more. Uh, we'll have another one set up for our guests next week, and I can't wait to see that. So it looks good. And I'm um, looking at the delay in my in my camera, so there's a little bit of a delay. So I don't want to do that. All right. Any questions? Any concerns? Boy, isn't that good? Talking about having the mind of Christ. Isn't that just uh, what the Christian life should be about? Not the pursuing of things of this world, not the going after those things, pursuing the mind, so to speak, of this world. Remember, there's only two ways. If you're not, as my brother Aaron talked about last week, I mean, if you're not following and pursuing after God in his mind, whose mind are you having? The mind of the world, pursuing after Satan, as he said those women did in 1 Timothy 5. Boy, poof. Be careful. And by the way, <laughs> I'm talking to myself. I mean, there's times where I get concerned and wrapped and like want to go after those things. And it's like, oh, what am I doing? Not not saying again that you can't prepare. Um, you know, as First Timothy 5 really kind of got to me uh, as we talked through there, it really made me think about, and again, this is not... I, there's no, there's nothing really in particular that I'm thinking about with my parents, but I thought about my mom. Um, you know, thinking about those things, about my responsibility as a son, and thinking about if something were to happen to my father, you know, and my my mom is not to be a widow indeed, or excuse me, to be, she's going to be a widow indeed. I can take care of her. Not a widow indeed, I'm sorry not a window widow indeed because I'm here to take care of her okay so and those things I kind of thought it was like am I prepared um, it have I set aside some some um, funds for that am I thinking about okay if that were to happen how am I to be a good steward now if that were to happen to take care of my mom and I really did think about that and uh, you know so again the planning the preparing being smart, um, with what God has blessed you with, you know, there is the reaping and sowing principle that's found in first Corinthians. I'm just to be a good steward, be about giving. God has richly blessed me. Anything I can do to help anybody, you know, I, I'm really bad about even letting people pay for things because I just want to be a blessing with what God has blessed us with. And, and I'm not high minded in that. And I'm not being, I'm not trying to sound lifted up in pride. I really am. Not trying to say that, but God has given me money. I need to be able to look and see where I can use it to bless others. And not saying that I'm rich by any stretch of the imagination, okay? Uh, my brother Aaron, if he's still watching, probably he made a couple of jokes last week. But anyways, uh, brother, brother Aaron talking about <laughs> my dad says on Facebook, uh, good night, love you. I love you too, Pop, if you're still watching and Brother Aaron, love you too. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> they're, they're going back and forth on Facebook. But anyways, you can't see that if you're listening on the podcast, but I encourage you to listen to the podcast. Uh, you check them out on uh, Let This Mind Be In You Ministries podcast um, on iHeartRadio podcast, um, Apple podcast, Spotify, um, Podbean. I mean, anything that you can think of. You can also go to Anchor. Uh, you could go to podcast.com. All the different places where the podcasts are found. If you listen to any one of those, uh, hello to you. Thank you for listening to the podcast and uh, the audio version of this. And if you're watching on YouTube and Facebook, there's an ability. I need you to share uh, with all the people that are in your friends uh, list because the algorithms, they're not sharing me. I guarantee you. YouTube and Facebook are not promoting Let This Mind Be In You. I promise you that. Uh, so I rely on you. If you're if you're one of the ones that watch or follow, please share, uh, like, make comments, and uh, have all your friends ask them to subscribe if you think that would be a help to them. And um, so please do that on both YouTube and Facebook, okay? So with that, thank you for joining me on YouTube. Thank you for joining me on Facebook. And Brother Aaron says you are bad at letting others, yeah, well, I'm bad at letting others pay. Guilty as charged. Okay. I love you in the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for joining me again on Let This Mind Be In You. I'll turn over to this camera and say bye for now. Love you in the Lord. And let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Bye for now. God bless you. Have a great night.